Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the 255th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm the Professor Emeritus, Matt Perkins. And a wheel route across the Harpeth River from me here in the Music City, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton. What's up, man? Back from Florida with a nice little suntan. Uh, avoided getting major sunburn, and I did not see Billy searching for the turtles over uh, behind the sand dunes. That's too bad. So, That's too bad. Yeah, um, he, he did not make the trip. Yeah, maybe he was stuck. Him and his mom were stuck up at Geno's East in Chicago. Probably. She was serving some, some mean deep dish. That's for sure. The city in which we find the third amigo in the second city, a man who has some issues with the NCAA tournament scheduling committee. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook. I mean, it's just weird having, uh, I know they switched some stuff around because of COVID and stuff. But it's just bizarre having games on Monday, especially Monday at 11 in the morning. Yeah, that was uh, weird. Why not do it? Why not do it the regular Thursday, Friday style? Well, but I don't even know. if you're going to have it on, on Mondays, why are the two power conference teams, including the two seed, playing at 11 a.m. instead of having them in the primetime spot. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, to be fair, the way the Big Ten's performing, uh, don't don't put them on primetime anymore anyway. Yeah, not a good weekend for they're, our conference, Josh. Yeah, they're but Matt, just, I see you rocking UCLA, man. Yeah, I, I'm rocking the UCLA shirt tonight for a reason, guys. Well, Because um, they're the only team left in the tournament that we can represent. <laughs> Well, the, the Big Ten is honestly doing about as well as my FCS picks. I've been brutal. Oh, you went 0-3 last week, Josh. I went 1-2. I, I, so. I, I, I improved to 0-0 last week. There we go. So. I, will, uh, I, I will be uh, – look, you know, i got to be a homer. i got to defend the great institution of the University of Iowa a little bit. We won our 24th national title in wrestling, and the Iowa women – absolutely smoked Kentucky to get to the Sweet 16. And while we're at it, the University of Wisconsin women's hockey program claimed a back-to-back title. I mean, there wasn't one last spring, but they won 2019. They won again this year, beating Northeastern in the title game. Always nice to beat those Bostonians. Uh, And UCLA pride, UCLA men's water polo just won a national title over the weekend. So. Titletown USA, Titletown USA, baby. It's not Green Bay. It's Westwood in L.A. Um, so before Whoa, we jump in. Actually, just super, super quick. Uh, Matt, you, you cut me off just a moment about uh, yeah, UCLA, which, which is fine. Which is fine. But uh, He's just excited, Josh. It's okay. Yeah. yeah well, the, I have to get excited about something because the gymnastics team, unfortunately, sucks this year. <laughs> well, the... Uh, the Iowa women are led by a truly like once in a generation player. Uh, she could be a foundational piece for who knows a final four run, maybe a national title five-star recruit out of West Des Moines, Dowling, Caitlin Clark, five-star true freshman. She outscored Kentucky herself in the first half of their game today. Good lord! Uh, she, yeah, she dropped thirty-five oh, in, the, in game. the first half or in the game uh, for for the game. Yeah. God. Yeah, she is she is something special, and you know we all know we all know UConn has a pretty good freshman as well. But us Iowa partisans will will ride to battle with homegrown Caitlin Clark any day of the week. I'm still mad that Erica Gumbawale got away from Wisconsin, ended up at Notre Dame, and ended up being a Final Four MVP. Her brother was the Daria Gumbawale two two-time captain of the Wisconsin football team. And uh, Wisconsin really could use her because their basketball, women's basketball program is trash. Yeah, the the Big Ten women, uh, Penn State was dominant for a long time, and now it's really become the Maryland and Iowa show. Yeah. So uh, Rutgers sliding a little bit. Obviously, they're coached by a former Iowa coach as well. Uh, C. Vivian Stringer probably, probably I would... 
Is it a leap to say she's the best women's basketball coach never to have won a national title? I don't think that's much of a leap ever. Um, she's an outstanding coach. She's been to multiple Final Fours, but they've never won. They, they've never gotten over the hump because they always ran into Gino Ariema or Pat Summit. She she or... might have won one a million years ago at that little school she was at first. Nope, she did not. Yeah. Well, there four, you time, have it. four time Final Four. She was at Cheney's. She was at Cheney State for an extremely long time. Uh, lost a national title game with Cheney State. Well, if you're interested in betting on the women's uh, on the women's uh, bracket, the men's bracket, the NBA, or anywhere else, you should head on over to our partners at BetOnline.ag. March Madness in full swing, and it was a mad, mad weekend. BetOnline, as you guys know, has you covered for all the news and scores and odds. The best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Hopefully, you guys have been fading the picks that Josh and I oh, made man. last week. You would have been doing very well for yourself. Uh, let's talk about some of those <laughs> I games, gotta go Josh. got to go on vacation like coach. Yeah, Josh, the first game we talked about last week, uh, the battle, uh, what, what, what did we what – what did we determine it should be called? Battle of the, the Badlands. Ba- Battle of the Badlands. We both Ooh, picked like North Dakota name. to uh, pull the upset. Josh, we were not just a little bit wrong. We were big wrong on this one. Uh, yeah, North I would have da- gone with uh, North Dakota State. They have found a running game. Uh, yeah, they have, Coach, 316 yards on 53 carries. I, I think they've gotten – they in this game got back – to their bread and butter coach their i know you're on vacation back. but i know that you, f- you but i know also you also know that you are tuned into this uh fullbacks coach that's that was your position man that, Tell that's us about me it. man oh man he was he carried the ball 28 times uh you know big hulking 6'1 245 pound sophomore in his first start just absolutely hunter loopkey Yes, that I mean that's a fullback name right there. Hunter <laughs> it really Luke is. Um, but he was tough to deal with. Uh, they just kept pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding the rock, and North Dakota had no answer for it. Usually they were usually they're stout against the run, um, and uh, they they weren't they 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 weren't to the tune of 316 total yards as a t- uh, as a team for for the Bison. Uh, but they were trailing twenty-one to six at half. Uh, they uh, they tried to mount a comeback. Uh, Schuster hit uh, Bo Belquist for a twenty-one yard uh, touchdown uh, that cut the lead to an eight-point game in the third quarter. But um, that was about as close as it was going to get. Uh, you know, North Dakota put up a a decent fight there, especially in the third quarter. They've been a traditionally a pretty good third quarter team. So, but man, I'm just I, I can't get over how just how dominant. Uh, Loopkey was and and I'm I'm just you know I I was waiting for the moment that North Dakota State was going to come back with their with their run game and with their magic uh, after after that surprising loss to to the Salukis where they just couldn't get anything going it just seems like they found the rhythm now and and maybe it was just that weird COVID schedule I, I'm I'm still skeptical I, I'm sorry I mean I know that I know they look I know they won or or pumping them up right now hunter lubke fullback that's that's your answer it sounds like what wisconsin had the hebrew hammer have a hot streak and maddie bernstein the, baby thought that was gonna turn it around uh, i'm sorry they're, they're not getting well, i'm not un- saying they're gonna win the national championship they're just not getting enough from the passing better. game the passing game remains terrible eight of 19 140 yards one touchdown two picks i just you know, I think this is this is more symptomatic of you look at the team stats and North Dakota one of ten on third down. That's just not going to win any games. They, uh, you know, just it was a really poor performance by North Dakota, and I think it was more about North Dakota kind of having the lights shine a little too bright on them down there in the Fargo Dome and. Um, I want to see North Dakota State string some games together before I'm ready. Yeah, to, I mean, if, to if, if they're going to if they're going to go forward, the passing game is going to have to emerge. But I, I think the first piece of that emerging for them 
for their identity is a strong run game. They, they rush for 316 yards. Now teams are going to have to respect that. Now they can hit some play actions. We'll see if they can capitalize that long term. Um, that will be the difference in them just being a great story one week versus being a viable team throughout the course of the season. Yeah, I definitely agree there, guys. I think that the, uh, it was what was really interesting for me in watching this one was at, it was 21 to 6 at halftime, but North Dakota got the ball to begin the second half, and they go down six plays, 55 yards, score a touchdown with, you know, I, I don't want to say ease, but they, they, they move the ball relatively well. Um, and I mean, they're well coached. They make good halftime adjustments. And then what happens, they get – they get North Dakota state to a third and nine pretty quickly on that next drive. It's, you know, they're only down 21, 13. It's a one score game and it's, they get a, you know, a, a bit of a ticky tack pass interference call and they could have stopped them there, gotten the ball back in a one score game. And, but with that penalty call, North Dakota state gets the first down. And then right after that, we get, Loopkey run, Loopkey run, Ganella run, Loopkey run, Loopkey run, Ganella run, Nolan run, Nolan run, Loopkey run, Loopkey run. I mean, they just started to pound on them. And once they started grinding them down there in the second half, North Dakota State scores a touchdown at the end of that drive. And it's pretty much over there. Now it's 28-13. And that ended up being a 14-play, 75-yard drive that took seven and a half minutes off of the clock for the Bison. And that, to me, was the beginning of the end for the Fighting Hawks. Looking forward, I think that, you know, North Dakota's schedule um, moving forward isn't you know, isn't terrible. Um, they've got, uh, they've got a buy this weekend and actually, um, oh, sorry, they don't have a buy this weekend. They're at Youngstown state this weekend, which is effectively a buy because let's face it. Youngstown state is pretty crap this year. And then they've got Missouri state at home the following weekend. And they end with, uh, an ill, I would say they would have ended with Illinois State had Illinois State not canceled the rest of their season after they played this past weekend. So, Missouri State, uh, they, they took care of Northern Iowa 13 to 6. Yeah, that was an ugly one. But uh, I yeah, think. St- stick, stick a fork in, in the Panther posse, unfortunately. I think North Dakota is still in prime position to make the playoff and to make a bit of a playoff run here coming out of the MVFC. Their biggest thing though. um, I mean, obviously they've already uh, taken on uh, one of my preseason favorites. Um, uh, Well, uh, uh, they've already taken on one of my preseason favorites, South Dakota state and beat them. But South Dakota State since then has bounced back and they played Southern Illinois, a team, Josh, you picked Southern Illinois uh, in this one. And well, let's just say uh, that didn't go so well for you, buddy. Uh, Eight of nine for 41 yards and a pick for Stone Labuanitz. How is he eight for nine for 41 yards? That's just like that 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 is bizarre. <laughs> the one pass he didn't complete, it was a pick. Yeah, he didn't none of his passes touched the ground. <laughs> but after Southern Illinois scored a field goal in the first quarter, uh South Dakota State ran out and scored 44 unanswered. Uh this was an absolute Did it all on the ground too. Drubbing uh 394 rushing yards for my jackrabbits i'm calling them my jackrabbits because i picked them to win the mvfc before the season started and i think that this is the team that i was expecting not the team that barely squeaked out a game over youngstown state last week this is the jackrabbits that i expected (laughs) to come out play dominant defense and just hammer hammer the ball home and get you know get passing when they need it especially to jackson janky who is still one of my favorite receivers in all of fcs uh coach much like north dakota state this jackrabbit team just got it done on the ground 
Yeah, I mean, and they spread it around too. Like Isaiah Davis, 22 carries, 150. He scored three times. Mark Gronkow- Gron- Gronowski. Oh, Gronowski. Gronowski. Good Lord. What, what What's with these names for me? Uh, 13 carries, 103, and two touchdowns. Jordan Meacham, uh, 13 carries, 88 yards. Jefferson Lee chipped in with nine carries, 45 yards. And uh, Jabor Gibbs, he had two carries, eight yards. So, uh, yeah, they got a lot done on the ground. They were just – they got back to their roots. They figured out, okay, this is this is our formula. Uh, we can uh, we can much like what North Dakota State did. They found their run game. Uh, they're going to have to get a little bit more in the pass game uh, again. But I, I think that'll you know again going back to my point on North Dakota State, I think they can they can build off that. Now they've got some positive momentum. Now they see this hole like okay we you know seven of eleven for sixty three yards, not much going uh, through the air. But they're going to get that going at some point. They just got to figure out how, and 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 uh, play action is a good place to start. Josh, mic drop. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, there, there's no way to 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 you know sugarcoat it. Lie about it. I I, I made a terrible pick, and uh, Josh, I, I would have probably made the same pick. I, I, yeah. I was uh, I was pretty high on the Salukis there for a little bit, but yeah, I mean, you you saw their defense was really gritty in that upset of North Dakota State. Uh, they won an absolute defensive tug of war against Northern Iowa. There was a lot to like about this team. I think what we're seeing though is North Dakota State is flawed and that they don't have a passing game. Youngstown State is awful, and Northern Iowa has zero offense. Mm. So I think now that we're in the middle of the season, uh, we've got enough of a sample size to see. And I just wish that uh, the, the I could have redone that pick a little later in the season. But going into it with that three-game winning streak, there was reason to be high on the Salukis. But uh, clearly the better team not just only won, but absolutely dominated uh, the lines of the scrimmage and you guys already mentioned the rushing yards. That was an absurd total. Yeah. Also, uh, tough, tough game for uh, former Wisconsin quarterback Kari Lyles uh, f- for the Salukis. He came in in relief of Stone uh, Labanovitz, and he went three for eight with two interceptions. Um, so not not his best showing. Um he was uh, recruited as a he was a legacy recruit. His father had played at, at Wisconsin, ended up transferring after I think his redshirt freshman year down to Southern Illinois, and not 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 the greatest of days for him. So uh, anyhow, Jackrabbits back on track. I'm feeling better about my Jackrabbits pick uh, as a dark horse contender for the national title. Next, heading down over to the SoCon. Guys, uh, Furman is—I don't—I I don't know what what do we call it? They're, Are they in a tailspin? They're not in a tailspin. I mean, they've now lost to VMI and Chattanooga. Have struggled to beat Samford and ETSU, and I don't know, man. I'm I'm starting to really get worried about my pre. I mean, I should be—I'm very worried about my preseason pick of Furman to win the SoCon. In this one, uh, the mocks. Uh, of UT Chattanooga, they were able to pull it out despite having, uh, uh, despite having three interceptions and, uh, not you know not necessarily the greatest offensive performance, but their defense really held Furman in check. Uh, I mean Furman, one hundred and eighty-one total yards. Not going to win a whole lot of games with those numbers, Josh. No, and what was particularly alarming was just the atrocious day on the ground. Mm. Uh, Sixty rushing yards on thirty-three carries. That's that's just not going to get it done, and and that's one of the reasons why they were horribly inefficient. Two of thirteen on third down. Those are numbers that are going to make ROC cringe. Um, the I think the most incredible thing for Chattanooga is. Uh, they threw three picks, had 11 penalties for 105 yards. Uh, you clean that up, and this would not have been a two-point game. They would have absolutely blown them out. But yeah. uh, well done to Chattanooga. This is a program that uh, I think we sort of pegged as a team that 
might be a little frisky in the conference, but we thought they were still maybe a year or two away from really asserting themselves. Even a down season for Furman, beating them on the road is still a really quality win in this conference. So hats off to the mocks. Yeah, and, the, and 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 that's not to say they don't have a lot to to improve on and a lot to clean up because I think that if you continue to rack up the penalties and penalty yards, if you continue to not take care of the football, you can't your defense can't carry you every single game. So they got to clean some of that stuff up. Nonetheless, anytime you can hold uh, Furman, who was preseason favorites to win the SoCon, had a great year last year. Um, you know, it was playoff team last year as well. And uh, anytime that as an emerging program with a brand new staff and dealing with the controversy they dealt with that we even talked about here on the show uh, with their offensive line coach, to put all of that aside, go on the road and beat Furman and hold them to their season low in, in yards, that's an accomplishment. I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback on Josh with that. So they, uh, you know, they're, they're improving. They're 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 starting to wake some people up here uh, down in Chattanooga, and, and uh, yeah, I, I think they're they're a team to watch out for. Maybe not so much this year, but they're a team to work out to to watch out for in the very very near future. I don't know, man. Maybe we could worry about them this year. The mocks are definitely playing with some moxie, not to get all you know both alliterative and uh, and, and maybe going a little Shakespearean on you guys. I don't know. Shakespearean probably not the right one. You're, you're very, you're very punny. You're very punny. I am. I'm, I'm, um, I'm a punny kind of guy. But I mean, their, their record. Yeah, I, think their record will, I think their record will keep them out of uh, making the playoff this year. But man, they are they are a tough out there in the SoCon. Uh, another conference though, that we thought was going to be uh, quite competitive, but has been really been turning heads is the CAA. Obviously, James Madison still the uh, bell of the ball there, but Rhode Island has come out of nowhere. They've started the season 2-0. and They went on to beat Albany this weekend. Albany's team that started the year very strong against New Hampshire. New Hampshire's had a bunch of games canceled due to COVID since then. However, uh, Rhode Island, man, um, just uh, they're off to a nice little two and O start for themselves after beating Villanova uh, last uh, um, one of the preseason favorites last week. This weekend, they beat Albany 17 to 10 back to back overtime games for the Rams here. But nonetheless, getting work done and it really came down to this to this Rams defense, man. Uh, they were able to uh, get some key turnovers um, at key moments in the game. Three interceptions by the great Danes of Albany. One of Josh's favorite quarterbacks, Jeff Undercuffler. Uh, you know, 25 for 42. So percentage wise, not bad, but 217 yards. That's so so when you're putting up 42 passing attempts. You would expect more than that, but. One touchdown and three picks, Coach. I think that's what ended up really killing the Great Danes in this one. Yeah, it did. Um, I mean, you got to take care of the football first and foremost, and, and you've got to be able to finish off drives. You've got to be able to take advantage of, you know, your opportunities. And if they can't do that, they're 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 not going to win. They've got to be better on the ground. Uh, they've just got to be better all around. And and I, I think that. Uh, a lot of momentum was lost when, you know, when, when, when you don't take care of the ball. John. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I mean, Albany was a team that I really liked, and it's because Jeff Hundercuffler was um, a freshman, but a little asterisk next to that because he played in 2018. He played uh, enough to rack up 526 passing yards back in 2018, but then last year was his freshman year. Um, just, you know, how that works sometimes. So he was a freshman, but had a lot more game experience. And he's just not matching his stats. There's no other way to put it. His yard average has dipped from 7.6 to 4.9. He had 41 touchdowns a year ago through three games. He just has six he just threw three interceptions in a game. Um, 
He's been sacked six times in just three games. Uh, it's been the receivers. It's been him. It's been the offensive line. Albany's just not right in that passing game, and that was going to be the thing that really dictates stuff. But I want to give some love to the team that won, not my pick, and I want to highlight uh, an absolute star emerging here in the FCS ranks uh, over there at Rhode Island. Uh, two of their three picks were nabbed by senior defensive back Kobe Tippett. Tippett is a great name uh, for a defensive back coach. Well, he's up. It is. He's up to. He had five interceptions last mm-hmm. year. He's got three already this year. He's got eight interceptions in a season and a quarter, effectively. A couple yeah. games. A season and two games. Uh, he is really emerged as your definition of a shutdown corner. Uh, he is, you know, making passing miserable for some of these teams. And uh, Rhode Island's defense is just killer. And they say defense wins championships. I don't know if I would say they'll win an FCS championship, but they are in the driver's seat at 2-0 in the Colonial. They uh, have already beaten Albany, who was good and projected to be good. They've already beaten Villanova, Matt, who you mentioned, who was projected to be very good. And you notice something on their schedule with the way this conference is set up this year for COVID. They have no James Madison, Mm -hmm. which means they can win this division and they just need one game. That's all they need. They don't have to beat James Madison until that title game. They don't have to worry about them. It sets up very favorably. Yeah, I'm I'm very intrigued by this because in my preseason pick for the CAA, I said I said the CAA North was wide open and anyone but Rhode Island could win it. Those were my <laughs> exact words. Well, and so we we didn't factor them to have this absurd. No, defense. no, and I'm actually I'm actually curious, Coach. I'm gonna go off on a quick tangent here. Seeing a guy like Tippett play in the spring when. I mean, they could still be playing when the NFL draft is going on. And I'm really interested to see how that dynamic plays out because whatever he's doing is going to be fresh in the minds of these guys. Yes, and we know all the FBS programs are having their pro days right now. He's not going to be a you know day one, day two draft guy. But if you see a guy like Tippett just balling out in the spring. Mm-hmm. It's fresh in the mind of the coaches. I think that these guys might, you know, they're going to be more likely to, NFL teams are going to be more likely to take flyers on these kind of guys who are really playing well, especially these seniors you mentioned yeah. here this spring. I mean, or at least some, as but- undrafted free agents, I think that they're getting so much more exposure right now than they would be yeah. in a typical fall season when they're just completely covered up by everything that's happening in the FBS. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people making money uh, in the spring Good. league that wouldn't probably obvious that wouldn't probably uh, otherwise make money uh, in, a, in a regular draft cycle because I, I think they're going to benefit from a the lack of of combine and and the the cut down of pro days. So I, I think there's going to be uh, so for some of these FBS guys probably not as much exposure. Uh, the fact that FCS is in the national spotlight right now, being in the spring league. Uh, that's going to help a lot of these guys, and I'm not saying they're going to go from undrafted to first round, but uh, you're you're going to see some guys, you know, move into you know the, some of these top notch guys uh, that are still playing. Obviously, the top top guys are opted out, and those guys are going to be day one, early day two picks, regardless of of what they did. They couldn't really help uh, their situation, but some of these guys that that were late day three or even undrafted could work themselves into late day two, early day three and get closer to having a more guaranteed spot on the roster. So I'm here. I'm all for it. I'm, I'm kind of, I was kind of skeptical of the spring league and how it would work and all that stuff. But honestly, I'm here for it. And uh, I I love it. And I I think that, you know, maybe we ought to look at the, the SES model uh, being, uh, being in the spring. So I don't know. I'm 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 uh, I'm digging. It's fascinating. It. That is for certain. 
All right, guys. Um, well, before we head on to our uh, picks for this coming weekend, we want to give a brief moment to talk about our newest sponsor, eBay. Whether it's that rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for as the original sneaker marketplace. eBay is the place to go to snap up that pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verify the box, logo, stitching, and dozens of other inspection points each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity and it protects sellers with a verified return process and for sneaker sellers out there ebay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers over 100 making it free to sell or flip your collection so head on over to ebay.com sneakers today ebay the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection Josh, like I mentioned earlier, not the greatest week for picks for either of us. You went 0 and 3. I went 1 and 2. We had one game called off due to COVID. Um, it happens. Let's start, uh, guys, uh, with Austin P at Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State is a 10 point favorite at home, over under set at 53 and a half at this one. My turn to go first this week. Love the Govs, you know, Clarksville represent here in Mill, Tennessee. Uh, but if anything, um, I don't know that I can trust them against Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State, uh, to be fair, though, um, they have been uh, an, an interesting team here in the spring. They've been winning. They are 4-0 and in the spring season, but... Um, and, and they've been putting up some points, but just not as many as I'm used to. So my official pick is going to be under 53 and a half. But for the uh, for, for the uh, for the uh, I, I should say for the line here, I will take Austin P plus 10 and the under 53 and a half uh, just because I have to represent for Middle Tennessee uh, coach. Who are you taking? All right. Uh, I'm going to say Austin P is going to push the over um, and they're going to make it a tight ball game for a little bit. But but uh, the, the Gamecocks of Jacksonville State are going to pull away. I think they win by I think they win by 10. I think they get a late cover. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm Coach going to the backdoor the cover there, Josh. How about you? Yeah, Matt, you might have to represent Little okay. Tennessee, but no, I no. don't have to. I don't have to. Uh, look, Jacksonville State is a team that went six and six last year. Coming into the season, we're like, is you know, is last year the aberration, or is this back to the Jackson State we know and love? They're back to the Jackson State we know and love. They're four and zero in spring ball. They roughed up Tennessee Tech. They roughed up Tennessee State. They roughed up UT Martin. They dominated 21-3 Southeast Missouri State. And then, oh yeah, way back in the fall, they scored some points on Florida State, beat Mercer, beat North Alabama, and beat FBS Florida International. So not only are they hot in spring, they're 7-1 now on the year. They are dialed in. There's a lot to like about this team. Uh, Zion Webb is having a really nice season. 8.5 average, 62.4% completion. They're getting some nice running from Euro West, but they're it's kind of a team effort. They have two guys already over 400 yards. Josh Samuels, the other guy. I really like this Jackson State team. I think they win big. Ooh, okay, Josh. I like it. Next, uh, that Southern Illinois team that just got absolutely mollywopped by South Dakota State is headed to Missouri State this weekend where they are 10.5-point favorites on the road over under 44.5. I love the under here. Southern Illinois is going to be licking their wounds, and I think that they are going to be uh, ready to take a little bit of revenge after last weekend on Missouri State. Give me the Salukis big in the a uh, uh, big in on the road here, Coach. What say you? 
I'm going I'm to go with you, Matt. Um, I, I think the Salukis are going to bounce back. They are desperate to get back on the right track. I think they do. So, All right, simply Josh. Put. Yeah. Uh, I guess it depends on what you feel about that Southern Illinois team. Will they get back on track or not? Um, you know, Missouri State. I say they will. <laughs> Missouri State. Um an interesting fall in that they lost to Oklahoma big and then they played a home and home with central Arkansas and then they didn't do anything until spring and here in spring they are three and one so they are improved they are improved the thing about southern Illinois that has me concerned not necessarily that they're going to get upset but just concerned with the spread is other than that North Dakota State upset, the trend mm. hasn't been good. They beat awful Youngstown by eight. They squeaked by offensively inept Northern Iowa and then put up a three spot in that lopsided South Dakota State game. So I will take Ooh, the Bears. Not saying the Bears Josh, pull the upset. Toes, but it's a, pop. I like it. But it's a, dub, it's a double-digit spread. I'm getting the home underdog with double digits. I like that position. All right. Southland time, guys. Incarnate Word and Nichols, two teams I never thought that I would be talking about here on this podcast. But guys, we've got ourselves a serious battle here. Uh, Even though Nichols in their last outing got beat up on real good by Sam Houston State to the tune 71 to 17 that we talked about last week, Josh. Uh, they've had an extra week off to rest and recoup to take on Incarnate Word this coming week. Even with that, Nichols 3-1, and one, Incarnate Word 3-0, and oh, and both these teams can really put up some points when they are on, so much so that the over-under on this one is 67 points. That's a Big number, but I'm going way over. I'm going way over. This game's going into the, I mean, this is going to be like one of those like 48 to 46 type of games comes down to the last possession because of that. Give me the points with incarnate word. I can't believe these words are even coming out of my mouth, whether they are incarnate or not. I have no idea, but I'm telling them to you, coach, how do you feel? Man, the the over is probably a, one of the easiest bets of the weekend. Uh, so head on, head to betonline.ag and and, and book that. Uh, I, I like Nickel State. I think they're explosive. Uh, and I, I think that's going going to benefit them. Uh, they're a team that can get a lot of momentum going um, once they once they start that. They're gonna have they're gonna have the work cut out for them um, on the road in San Antonio at Incarnate Word, but. Um, I think they pull it off. I, I, I love the over in this game, and uh, I, I like Nickel State to uh, to win and cover. Josh. Well, I am looking at who they've beaten mm-hmm. this year, this, these two teams. And Nichols okay. has beaten Lamar, who's currently 1-3, and, and an overtime win – by one point over McNeese away from being winless. They beat Northeastern State, who's Mm -hmm. 0-3. So they're scoring a lot of points against not-so-good opponents. So then you flip over to our old friend Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word. Word. You're talking about Northwestern Northwestern (laughs) State in Louisiana. Yeah, Northwestern, Northwestern State, State, not Northeastern yeah, State. Well, uh, yeah, I know. It's all good. So we look over Incarn- at In- whoever incarnate, are, incarnate, this this strange team that I've never heard of. I think uh, they beat the McNeese, who they beat McNeese, who it's two and three. San, okay, San, mm. San Antonio. Thanks, Coach. Uh, they beat yep. that same Lamar team. They beat that You're same welcome. Lamar team, and then they beat Southeast. Mm-hmm. Louisiana, who is two and two. So if you go with the competition, 
Incarnate Word is actually more mm-hmm. impressive. So I am going to stop making Incarnate World, Incarnate Word jokes and be serious and say, based on the quality of competition, Incarnate Word's 3-0 and is more impressive than the two wins Nichols has. And because they are the underdog, give me the Cardinals over oh. the Colonels. I think they win yeah, outright. I'm you going and me with both, Josh. We're right. We are. We are believing in that incarnate word this weekend. Finally, well, maybe you should do a believe in incarnate word podcast. <laughs> oh lord, no, I think the believe in the inc- <laughs> we might get some very yeah, we, we would get, get some, some very confused, confused listeners to the believe in incarnate word podcast, especially if it's coming from me and Josh. <laughs> All right, finally, guys, back to the CAA. I talked about those Rhode Island Rams earlier. Um, Josh, I might be getting on the Ram wagon. Yeah, that's what I'm calling it, the Ram wagon. Uh, yeah. Um, Ooh, the Ram yeah. wagon. I don't know. You can't. You can't ride Rams. I don't think. Maybe like. Well, actually, no. I take that back. You can. Have you ever? Are you familiar with mutton busting? <laughs> no. I'm afraid. Coach, to do you know Google. what mutton busting is? Yeah, that's. So uh, I I don't, but it sounds like it's it's the most southern thing so of all time. And I should know about it. But is basically like a rodeo for small children, where instead of riding horses, they are riding sheep. And that sounds, sounds good. Way, yep, and sounds way the, worse. Did you do that growing up? So um, if if we want to get the the. <laughs> When you were growing no, up, it's in not Denmark, what I was doing. Um, uh, per Wikipedia, <laughs> mutton busting is an event held at rodeos similar to bull riding or bronc riding where children ride or race sheep. In the event, a sheep is held still, either in a small chute or by an adult handler, and the child is placed on top of the sheep in a riding position. Once the child is seated atop of the sheep, the sheep is released and usually starts to run and attempt to get the child off. Basically, it is. Uh, um what's it's uh it, it's bull it's bull riding it's, it's bull riding on sheep for small children torture for the sheep it's also uh animal cruelty perfect it it's somehow it's somehow a, it somehow abuses both a kid and an animal in the exact same act that's well done yeah well done um so let's get on that ram wagon guys um they are taking on the also undefeated Delaware Blue Hens who uh, if you'll remember, a couple weeks back, beat Maine 37 nothing, one of the most impressive wins of the entire season. Uh, they beat Stony Brook two weeks ago. They were off last weekend uh, because of COVID issues against UNH. Otherwise, that would have been a great game in the CAA. Uh, nonetheless, this weekend, Rhode Island, Delaware, both 2-0. Someone is going to come out on top and be in the pole position for the Colonial North. Delaware is still a nine-point favorite at Rhode Island, over under 49 and a half, guys. I talked about it a second ago. I am on the Ram wagon. Give me Rhode Island. Uh, Aunt Sally, you live in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. I hope that you can, are able to go to this game um, with with the fam. I know you'll enjoy it. So uh, I'm, I'm rooting for all the Rhode Islanders out there, uh, including our show's biggest fan. Uh, give me Rhode Island and give me the under 49 and a half. This is going to be a low scoring, close game. Yeah, I'm taking the points here. I don't necessarily think Rhode Island is going to win, really. I think Delaware is going to win a tight one, uh, but I don't think either team is going to have an opportunity to pull away. Give me the under. Give me Rhode Island to cover, was it plus nine? Yeah. 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 So, you know, we gave a lot of. Gave a lot of love to Villanova or to uh, Rhode Island, thanks to and Villanova beating Wait, Villanova. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> gave them a lot of love for beating Villanova. Both these teams have beaten Villanova at this point. Well, that's sorry, the, not, not can, yeah. That's that's the concern. Is is Rhode Island really a true contender, or is the fact that Villanova barely beat Stony Brook and then lost to Rhode Island more indicative of Villanova? What about Albany? They're also now under 500. So I I like this Rhode Island team a lot. I love their defense. But as Lee Corsa would say, this is not personal. This is business. Delaware molly-whopped two teams 
They're up combined on the season 68-3. to They have offense. They have defense. They cover the big spread Ooh, on the road. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean I don't love you. Doesn't mean I don't love you, Rhode Island. Doesn't mean I don't think you have a good defense. I'm just doing the economical. That, that's okay. I, I understand that. Uh coach and I are the emotional ones. You are the stone cold, heartless bastard on this podcast. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, guys. Am I? Am I? I just got done like praising wrestlers and women's that's basketball true. players. That's true. It doesn't matter. You picked against Rhode Island. You, you picked against Rhode Island, Josh. join um, the Ram train. No, it's the Ram wagon, Coach. The Ram wagon. The 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 Ram, well, the then, Ram wagon. The mutton busters. Well, then, you You're know, hey, if, Delaware, no, 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 so if Delaware wins, hey, they become if, the mutton busters is really the, what it is. No, I was gonna, uh, well, I was going to say if Delaware wins, you can all meet me in the hen house. There we have it. All right. <laughs> and the blue hen. From the hen house to the to the outhouse. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a real farmyard brawl there. <laughs> Animal farm, to be exact. Animal farm style. I, I don't know how uh, George Orwell feels about this matchup. He feels he feels like he's on the ram wagon. All right. Um, before we head out, uh, Josh, did we bury a lead again? Of course, uh, of we course buried we a lead, and, and naturally, it's an Arkansas related one. Our good friends, the Arkansas Pine Bluff Golden Lions, they had been out of action for a little bit, but back on March 20th, they blew out Grambling 48-21. They sit atop the SWAC standings at 2-0, and they host this Saturday Alabama State. So hats off to the Golden Lions. They are... Well, they're probably better than Central Arkansas. I mean, Central Arkansas is not even bothering to play this spring. And we all know that the Razorback program is just utterly forgettable. We forget them every and, uh, week. So hats off to And speaking Pine of Bluff. Alabama State, they just beat Jackson State this past weekend. Uh, and they trolled the hell out of, out of prime. Well, I mean, they had a huge comeback, 21 points in the fourth quarter to win 35-28. That was a great, great performance, especially by Ryan Nettles in that one. Um, and Ezra Gray, those two guys combined to score all five of their touchdowns. And yeah, they, I mean, the, the social media crew for Alabama State, like hats off. That was just a pristine performance uh, <laughs> down there. So uh, a, a nice uh, tip of the cap. It should be probably an, a, a fedora, a, uh, um, a, uh, a houndstooth fedora. What was Larry Fedora? No, it's, a, it's a houndstooth fedora <laughs> in the state of Alabama. So, uh, to Fair them. Um, so, I think that is going to do it for us here today. Hey, 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 real quick. Hey, I, 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 go, go, go. I got a double. I got a double. Double. Okay, uh, double. Coach, I'm going to throw it over to you first then. All right. Uh, well, we, we were talking off air about Big Ten basketball. Well, the, the Big Ten, uh, a certain Big Ten school, the Hoosiers, they, uh, they tried to reach out and make their, their hire. For basketball coach, head basketball coach Thad Mata, Tom Cree, and <laughs> they said, "Yeah, Thad, you're a guy. Just take this physical." And he failed. Uh, see, and, and Thad is disputing Whoa. that, saying he had no agreement in place. Of course he did. Um, but yeah, that that's very very. Yeah, I wish Indiana would take back Tom Cree. I'm all you, for that. you don't want him so, anymore, so that, coach. You don't want him. No, we're, we're, we're good. We're we're good. Well, <laughs> we're good. We we need. We want to go all in on Mike Shashevsky and Mark Few, so we're we're good because they because they would leave their situation. Uh, yeah, I, you ain't getting either of those guys. Sorry, Coach. Oh, Love you. We, we could offer we could guys. offer Mark we could offer Mark Few a billion dollars. He wouldn't be he wouldn't even think about it. Yeah, no. Well, in uh, in Thad Mata's defense for failing the physical, um, I remember reading about him that uh, he had. He's got some like spinal issue where he like can't feel one of his feet. He's got like foot tingling or sensitivity or something. Yeah. Also, so since when do coaches if he, if he, have to take physicals to get a job? <laughs> yeah. That, like, I, I well, I was like, I'm I was used to seeing thinking that, for, like, that. Oh, like like an NFL player, NBA player, failed their physical when they got traded. Not when you're well, hiring a I, I was, coach. <laughs> like, I mean, how did I was, Rick Pitino pass his physical to get to Iona? He's a freaking vampire. 
Well, I was going to say, how did Rick Majerus pass any physical <laughs> well, in his entire exactly. life? How, how did Mark Mangino <laughs> pass How did Charlie physical? White pass his physical? My goodness. He, he ate his physical. <laughs> he ate the physician giving him the physical. <laughs> he ate the clipboard and the physician all together. So there's no inconclusive results. Yes. Uh, Josh, but... The uh, well, no, the, the thing I was going to ask just uh, basketball related as well. I was just curious how you, all of your brackets are doing. Oh, I got to check on that actually. Uh, mine are doing atrocious. I filled out two separate brackets this year. In one of them, I had Illinois winning it all, in the other, I had Iowa winning it nice. all. I still got good. Whoa, I still got Gonzaga Oops. holding strong. So, uh, yeah, same. I got Gonzaga holding strong. A lot of carnage in my bracket. I still have Gonzaga. I still have Baylor. If you can get two out of the final four teams, you. You have a puncher's uh, chance. I noticed that my office pool isn't particularly in my large in, in my in, in the bracket so. I had with Illinois winning it all. I still have three of my four final four teams because I still have Texas Tech, Florida State, and Gonzaga in that one. So, um, you know, I, 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 feel, I I'm feeling pretty good about that that Florida State pick, Josh. I know we talked about it a little bit last week on the podcast. I feel that's that's the pick I feel strongest about. Also, I'm very happy to say I had Syracuse in the Sweet 16. You know, if they're a double digit seed, they're guaranteed to make the second weekend of the tournament. <laughs> Whenever they're a high seed, you throw them out early. So, um, team of my youth, Syracuse Orange. I have I have I have too many teams I root for. It's okay. Um, but I think that is going to do it for us here today on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. So, on behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach returning from Naples, Florida, Corey Burton. That's what I do. And our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, <laughs> Josh Cook, up there in the Windy City and occasionally making a pilgrimage to Iowa City. This is the Professor Emeritus in Nashville saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.